you wonder what happened in sports today, Brandon Petrilli, he got the wave. We talking a lot with bros today. Cracking some jokes the podcast way. Goals on goals. Where homers on homers. Tutties on tutties. Got moments on moments. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into Petrilli. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the BSP Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Petrilli. I know, I'm sorry, it's been a very, very long time since I uh, uploaded my last episode. And you know, we've gone through some crazy times these past four or five months. It's doing great and fantastic, and we're all coming out on the other side of this. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, sports are back. They are back, baby. Today is the first opening day for the MLB season. Today, Thursday, the Washington Nationals are going to be facing off against the New York Yankees to start it off. And then the nightcap is going to be the Giants of San Francisco versus the L.A. Dodgers. And you know what? It has been a long time coming for the Major League Baseball season to get underway, and it is finally here, and I am just absolutely pumped about it, and then coming up on Friday, and even tonight, well, as I'm recording this, there are exhibition games starting for the NBA season, when their season is going to be getting kicked off July 31st, and you know, we are just going to be in for a a heck of a ride coming down these next couple months throughout the summer into fall as sports is just going to be just all ramped up and we're going to go and cover everything you need to know as the seasons are getting back and started again for today we are going to go a deep dive into what the MLB season is going to look like as we are getting underway for opening day and that is a 60 game high speed fast paced season And then we're going to get right into a seven-team playoff on each side of the AL and NL. And we're going to find our winner by the end of October into November. And you know what? It is not traditional baseball for all of us baseball fans. You know, it's not that 162 games where it's a grinded out all summer long uh, affair where it's just, you know, every game, you know, you can lose one or two here or there, and it's not a big deal. It is the exact opposite this year. And honestly, I think it's for the better for this year for Major League Baseball because they have been losing their audience. They have been losing kids my age and younger where, you know, you bring your kid to a baseball game, they're more interested in the, you know, the, the Philly Fanatic or going out to the attractions where they got the games out in the outfield or, you know, buying a hot dog or something, cotton candy, and they don't even pay attention to the game anymore, you know? Like, kids aren't going to play Little League Baseball, and it's a shame. And I think this 60-game season really, just because it's honestly better than not having baseball at all. If it you didn't have a baseball season whatsoever, the game could have just disappeared for a lot of folks, you know? Like, it had just been, see you, like, see you next year, like, It'll just totally be forgotten in people's minds. And I think it's awesome that they're able to figure it all out during this pandemic and really try to implement something where it might work. And it might really strive for the better. 
I'm not saying have the 60-game season for the rest of eternity for baseball, but, you know, having it where it's a change of pace where stars can really kind of come out and shine here, where the teams can, you know, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, and today they're talking about how it's, you know, the 60-game season equivalent to the 162. If you go on a seven-game losing streak, that's pretty much like a 19-game losing streak. And then they were even talking about how a series, a three-game series, is the same as one NFL week. So you know how important each week is for the NFL in a 16-game season. So having each series have that much importance where if you go and you get swept, like that hurts big time for a team that's trying to make a playoff push. And then on the other hand, if you go and you sweep the first two series uh, to start the year, you, you know you're a six and zero. You're you're looking real pretty. You might be one of the best teams in baseball. So that's what I want to get into now is going over the over unders for uh, some of the teams in Major League Baseball and where um, Vegas has a lot of teams looking at for the season. So to start it off, um, they got the Phillies, my team. Uh, over under 31 and a half you know a lot of these looking at a lot of these they're all very very close like in the nl east where they're separated by two and a half games maybe uh, with four teams you know and then uh you got the red Sox at 30 30 and a half the mets are 32 and a half so a game uh more than the phillies Yankees, uh, thirty-seven and a half. That's that was, any team. If you get over forty wins this year, you're one. You're going to be one of the elite teams in baseball for sure. Um, and then what else we got here? Let's see if any other ones stand out. Baltimore, shout out to Harry, twenty and a half wins. Oh, that'd be a rough year. Um, Astros, thirty-five and a half. Uh, the Royals, 24.5. The Dodgers, right with the Yankees at 37.5 wins. Marlins at 24. Um, where are the... There we go. The Nationals are favorited in the NL East uh, with 33.5. And, and then where are the Braves at here? Let me take a quick look. Uh, Atlanta Braves, 33.5. So the, them and the Nationals are both tied. For the favorites in the NL East with the Phillies and Mets right behind them by a game or two. So it's just going to show you how close these this whole season can be. Where each game really is going to matter. Especially with those odds of being you know, a game or two out of first place. And one guy I was listening to today, Jason Stark, you know, a big writer. Um, I think he's in the Hall of Fame for baseball now, they were saying, for the Writers Association. And he's talking big about how some of the things with the shortened season where, you know, teams get off to those hot starts and then the 162 really shows your weaknesses. And that's not going to really be a big factor this year, having it be such a shortened season. So those teams that get hot and can stay hot are going to be in a real big advantage here. And But one of the weaknesses is that he was also bringing up is the lack of fan noise. So having players like a Bryce Harper, you know, where he, he can generate, like, all the energy for a team with just one swing of the bat, you know, like an Aaron Judge, guys, Giancarlo Stanton, these big hitters, Mookie Betts, that they can really go and just cannibal, 
catapult your team to just give you all the momentum you need without the fans in the stands. <clears throat> and then another thing that they were talking about is the managers. So if you think a, a superstar like that can give you maybe a win or two throughout a season. And then on top of that, having a good and experienced manager is one of the other things where controlling your bullpen, especially with the new bullpen where you have a pitcher that has to pitch to at least three batters and then also trying to maintain arms throughout the whole 60 game season and trying to win every game possible so having the pitching coaches and the head managers are going to be a real key asset and that's why I really like the Phillies chances this year bringing in a real manager in Joe Girardi screw Gabe Kapler I mean the guy was brutal just listening to him talk to seeing how he handled pitching, like, I mean, I'll give it to him. He didn't have a lot of talent pitching-wise, but he would just, like, pull guys out of nowhere. The games would last four hours, and you're just like, this is just absolutely terrible. If I see this guy jog out there with his muscles again, his nice little glowing tan, I'm just like, I want to punch this dude in the face. But he's out in San Fran now. I hope he does well. I mean, but... You know, it's, I'm glad that the Phillies actually got a real manager in the room going forward here. And I think him with another guy that I think uh, that can be a real big contributor for the Phillies is JT Real Muto behind the plate. He is the best catcher in baseball by far. And having him with this Phillies pitching staff can really be a huge asset where just watching these warm-up games that they've had the past uh, week on TV, you see him controlling the game and bringing these young pitchers and just telling them, hey, I'm putting down, you know, curveball here. Throw it to where I want it. You have like, say yes, like, just trust me. And there, you can see they're really trusting, like, guys like Vince Velasquez, even though he's been such an up-and-down, you know, Pavetta too, but... They, they're coming out hot out of the gate here during these warm-up games. And you can see that they're really trusting JT. And even, you know, a guy like Spencer Howard, too, that I want to get into in a sec. But JT is probably one of the biggest guys next to Bryce Harper. And that is why he needs to get paid. John Middleton needs to spend the stupid money. You went out, you traded your top pitching prospect and catcher in Jorge Alfaro and Sixto Sanchez. You got to give this guy the money. You just saw Mookie Betts today signed a big 13-year deal for $300-plus He was the top dog going in the free agency. The next guy in line is JT Real Muto. Coming after the 60-game season, he will hit the free agency market as of right now. And, you know, you heard Bryce joking about it during uh, one of the scrimmages saying, pay him after JT hit a homer. And that's exactly what they need to do. The whole team knows it. The whole fan base knows it. I think even Middleton and Clintac, they know it. Because this guy is a real difference maker. He just throws people out left and right. Like, you can't run on him. You just don't have a chance. And just the way he can command a pitching staff with all the young pitchers that the Phillies have, he is just crucial to moving forward as this team kind of goes from uh, a below average to average team to where to about an average team this year to hopefully next year where you get this year of experience your younger guys keep coming developing and he can be there with Bryce and Reese Hoskins 
and McCutcheon and DD and can really take this team to the next level of contender. So getting into that player development now, the one guy that's really stood out for me for the Phillies is Spencer Howard. He has been absolutely electric. You know, mid to high 90 fastball, his curveball is ridiculous. It's got like that old Cliff Lee, like 12 to 6 drop on it, but he throws from the right side. And he's got like this big, like over the top motion where it's like, it's like just gets on top of you so fast, just watching him throw it. And having him in the starting rotation, they, I, they, I believe today they just sent him down for Lehigh Valley to Lehigh Valley to start. That's because the options for the contracts and arbitration eligible, they get an extra year after he sits for like I think 15 games or something like that. So I see the business side of it, but you even heard Bryce talk about it too, how he would want him in that starting rotation to begin with uh, to start the year. Because this guy can just be such a big staple behind Nola and behind Wheeler to really just give you that extra umph and just the youth that the Phillies really need and star power just to get them over this hump that they've kind of been in the past couple years where they've been, eh, okay. And they're waiting for those. They were waiting for the guys like Pavetta, for Eflin, for Velasquez to get them there, to push them over the edge. And now I think they might got that guy, but... You know, with all this stuff going on, they're, they're just willing to take the arbitration years and see where it goes after 15 games, whether he can help or if they're going to be contenders or not. So now, after all that Phillies talk, we're definitely going to get back to him. But let's get back into the little bit of the odds here. I want to take a look, a deeper dive into who are the World Series favorites right now. Maybe a little M NL and AL MVP and Cy Young. So right now, the Dodgers are favorited, uh, followed by the Yankees, Astros, Braves, Twins, wow, and the Rays, wow, that's crazy. The Twins and Rays making a big turn. I mean, the Twins are a pretty good team, but I mean, the Rays, I guess they always have that young talent down there, and they've just never able to keep them all there at the same time. So, and then, you know, round out the top 10 with the Nationals, the Mets, the Cubs, and then the Phillies at plus 2,200. So, I mean, it, it's all going to be very interesting. Everybody, you hear everybody talk about, oh, you know, it's going to be the Dodgers and the Yankees, you know. They, they got the most money, that you know, Garrett Coles now with the Yankees. That's going to be very fun to watch, too, to be honest. But then, you know, the Braves are a good team, but you look at them. Cole Hamels is going to be out to start the year. Felix Hernandez, another guy they signed, he's sitting out due to COVID. Uh, they had a pitcher, um, a relief pitcher. Oh, his name's for skipping my mind right now. I think Will Smith uh, that they signed. He was a big free agent, a relief pitcher. He's, uh, he had COVID, so he's out for a couple weeks. And then Nick Markakis is sitting out. And then, you know, Freddie Freeman got COVID too. So they got a lot of guys which is also going to have be playing into the whole season where it determines what teams make out on top, who stays healthy and not what not. But, you know, I, I don't see, I don't see the Braves like being able to hold on to such a commanding lead. And you can kind of see that with the wins over under how all four teams are so very close, but it, it's going to be a very fun uh, race to watch coming down the stretch, especially with an extra two teams, making the playoffs 
where instead of having the the one game playoff wild card, they're gonna have uh, two three game series, and then those people play the division winners. So uh, the more teams that get in it is going to make it definitely more exciting, and the more opportunities where you know you might get those teams, which a lot some people are talking about are a little scared of, where they might not have been the best team throughout the year and they might have got hot at the end, snuck their way in. But you know that's what sports is all about. Getting hot at the right time, you know. You saw the Giants do that years ago. Um, you saw the Eagles do it in the Super Bowl in football. You know, I mean, they they were eleven and two, but you know they lost their, you know, lost Carson, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody's doubting them. And then you come, you sneak back in, and you just get hot at the right time, and you can roll your way to a championship. And then you know that's what everybody's like. Well, does this season is gonna have an asterisk for who wins the championship? Do they really deserve it? Yeah, of course they do. You're still playing the win. You pl- Hello, you play to win the game. If they are playing Major League Baseball games, it doesn't matter how many you're playing. If it's a season, it counts. Now, of course, you got to look back. When you're looking back at it, you got to look at the context of the season. It's only 60 games. You know, you also had guys sit for four months on ice, pretty much, not knowing what was going to go on, whether we were going to have a season or not to come back and keep their bodies in shape to be able to play this 60-game season. And I think that still makes it relevant, and it counts. And a real World Series champion can be crowned at the end of this year. Because, you know, when it comes down to it, you still have all those competitive juices flowing. Whether there's fans in the stands or not, you still want to go up there. The pitcher wants to strike out that batter. That batter wants to get on base. He wants to hit a home run. They want to score more runs than the other team, you know. Like, the competition is still going to be there. I mean, the atmosphere, of course, isn't going to be the same. But the competition level for any professional athlete is going to be there. And that's kind of what I listened to in an interview with Trevor Trevor Bauer, and he's kind of saying that. He's like, if you can't get yourself up and ready to play a professional Major League Baseball game, you shouldn't be in the big leagues to begin with. Like, that is why we're here. We're here to compete to win baseball games and to make money. That's what they should be able to be able to come in and dominate at their sport, you know. Now I want to get back into a little bit of my Philadelphia Phillies talk here to round out the podcast. As, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter one here. I was trying to get some friends on to talk Phillies with me, talk the upcoming season. But, you know, it's tough getting in touch and getting everybody's schedules lined up where we can record together. But, you know, it's good. I love doing it by myself, too. It helps me grow as a podcaster, as a, you know, personality, radio show host and whatnot. So it's good to try to help um practice you know get those mental reps in you know get those live reps in just like these professional athletes are in the game so let's let's talk a little bit of what i think the phillies uh starting lineup and rotation is going to be for this upcoming season where it kind of looks like they're rounded into form where it's going to be either kingery or um segura at the top of the lineup with Bryce Hoskins and JT all in that two, three, four, five area. See, the thing that stinks is, you know, they move all these guys around. Oh, and McCutcheon leading off, I'm pretty sure. So it goes McCutcheon to um, Kingery to uh, Bryce to Hoskins to JT to Dee Dee. 
And then who do we got left? Segura. And then, you know, you round out your outfield with either a Jay Bruce or like a Roman Quinn if you want to put McCutcheon in left. And Adam Hazley and him are going to do like a little bit of a, a platoon out in center field when you put McCutcheon in left field. So, and then another guy, you know, you can see coming up to, that could make a real big impact, just like uh, a real big impact, just like um, I was talking about with Spencer Howard is Alec Bohm coming in, play third base, maybe DH um, later in the season where he's also at that same where the arbitration years where he's got to sit out a certain amount of games where the Phillies gain another year of uh, control over him. And it's kind of, you know, he watching him play during those games, he's got this big swing. And a lot of teams have been pitching him inside because he's got these long arms, real long arms. He kind of reminds me of like a Pat Burrell type of like a swing where it's nice and smooth, and but it's just really long. And the stuff inside, he can kind of get jammed up on or just swing over top. But, dude, when he's making contact, he hit a ball where it, he insided out one, but it was like a guy threw an in on his hands, and he just pulled his hands in and just drove it over the second baseman's head. I was like, dang. Like, it wasn't just like a little looper. He hit it like a missile. And, like, he could have took off the dude's head. And that's kind of like what you want to see him develop is being able to get that inside pitch because, you know, he's got all the pull power to, you know, infinity and beyond. And you just need to see him just like shorten up the swing just a little bit and just, you know, really just come into his own down playing in a couple games down at Lehigh Valley for him to come up and be that, you know, impact guy down the home stretch. And then another guy that's been struggling with his swing uh, this past couple, uh, past year, you know, is Reese Hoskins, man at first base. You know, he's coming in on his last year of his contract, uh, I think, or they still might have arbitration on him, but he's going to be looking to get paid. And whether he deserves it or not is going to be the huge question because he, um, you know, he struggled towards the end of last year. It was really bad. And I think it was the big part was him getting in his own head, really. Where he's getting so many people telling him, oh, you need to do the swing analytics. You need to listen to this. You got to look at these statistics. You know, top spin. You know, all these other things that are getting thrown at him in the Phillies organization. And having a new regime, new coaches come in, I think can totally help him clean the slate. Get ready. Get back to what he was doing his first rookie year and the beginning of last year. Where he was just hitting bombs and just driving people in. And I hope that's where we see him get back to that form for this season and just really be a huge impact. Because he be, having him in the middle of this lineup just makes it just so much better. You know, having him bat behind either JT or Bryce, and then having even having JT bat behind him, uh, it gives him a lot more, uh, even more importance for JT Realmuto to be on this team to give Reese Hoskins a little more protection. Uh, to have people give him better pitches. So, I mean, I think the lineup can be very, very, very good and can produce a lot of runs this year, and it's going to be very exciting, I hope. Now, the thing is where I kind of teeter on this Phillies team is the pitching staff. You know, I love Spencer Howard. I love, 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 love 
Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola is an absolute beast. He's going to be starting opening day, third year in a row. This guy just knows how to pitch. You watch him, curveball. His fastball has always got this movement, and he's in, out. All of, and then he's got the changeup now that he's been working on. He's been perfecting it, and he is just he's just grown as a pitcher the couple years as a Philly and he's really on a track to be like you're looking at during the quarantine you're looking at all like the old Phillies pitchers he's on track to probably if he's with the Phillies for his the rest of this contract and another extension after that maybe one of the the if not the best behind Steve Carlton the best Phillies pitcher of all time which is just crazy to think about and how bad Philly's pitching has been over the course of their franchise up until you know when they had Hamels and Halliday and Lee but even those two weren't even here that long so but it, it'd definitely be interesting to watch him grow throughout his career with the Phillies and I hope it's the trajectory he's on is just going up and up which is awesome to see and then the big hundred million dollar man that they just signed in Zach Wheeler you know, we're going to have to. I didn't get to watch his game where he pitched against the Orioles the other day. People said it was a little lackluster, but, you know, it, it, it's it's baseball. You're going to have to watch and see. And, you know, he only pitched four innings. So, like, if you. The games are a little iffy right now. So, we're going to have to see. I didn't get to watch him um, with my own two eyes. So, I definitely want to watch his first time in the regular season watching him pitch. And then after that, that's where the huge toss-ups are, where I, I really don't know who's going to be where. What I want to see is uh, at number three, I mean, Spencer Howard, once the Phillies are able to bring him up, him definitely there. But then after that, yeah, I, I like Zach Eflin. I like him a lot. I think he has grown out of the three guys in the bottom half of the rotation, the young guys. He's been the most consistent out of all of them. And then after that... Arietta, just because he's that stable veteran that you hope can get you through five. You know, if especially if he's down at that four or five spot, I think that's a perfect spot for him to be. It stinks, you know, all the money they gave him coming off the Cy Young with Chicago. He just hasn't really panned out. But you, you just hope he can give you that veteran presence down at that four or five spot for the for the uh the starting rotation to get you some wins. And then Coming after that, you know, I, w I would say put Velasquez and Pavetta in the bullpen. And honestly, I'll, the bullpen, I have no idea. I'm going to have to look them up right now who's in the Phillies bullpen right now. So after looking it up, we have Tommy Hunter. Is he even – I guess he's back from his injury. Uh, and this is what I'm saying. You get guys like him, you know um, – Sir Anthony Dominguez, he was hurt. I think he's out for this whole year. And then uh, the guy they signed from uh, the Yankees uh, two years ago, what now is it? He, he's out all year again. Um, and then finally we get to some guys that are actually going to be pitching. Jose Alvarez, Adam Morgan. Adam Morgan's just been – he has been that guy where he's like – he is very good at times and then he just like makes you pull your hair out, you know. Like, sometimes you go through stretches like, oh, my God, Adam Morgan's coming in. And then other times, like, he just quietly goes, gets those outs you need as a lefty. And his game has, like, evolved where he just wasn't throwing that hard when he was a starting pitcher. And now all of a sudden he's throwing 95. Like, where the heck did that come from? But hopefully he can build on his success from the past year. Then you got Ranger Suarez. And you got Guerrera. 
and then Blake Parker rounding it out. Oh, and Victor Arano. And then you got our boy Hector Neris. You know, he's just been there the past couple of years where he's also, just like Adam Morgan, where he's gone through his very, very good hot stretches. And he can get you with that nasty splitter where it just dives off the plate. And he's just absolutely dealing. The big thing for him is his, just his confidence. When he's like, he's like, I'm a badass right now. I can get anybody out. And he just thrives when he's in that like mentality. But then when he gets like, like in his head way too much and you can just see it. And he just leaves that splitter up and he just gets bombs hit off of him. So it, he is very, very good, or he is either very, very bad. Hopefully, you know, with this only the 60-game season, uh, he, he'll be able to shorten that very, very bad stretch. And, you know, as that rounds out the whole roster for the Phillies, I'm really excited for this upcoming season for baseball because sports are back, baby. Everybody get ready. We're coming back. We're coming strong with here with the BSP podcast. And I'm going to be coming back hopefully at least once a week, if not twice, with the NBA coming back next week too. We're going to have plenty uh, to talk about. We're going to the MLB season starting up, recap some of the games, what we like about it, what we don't. Let me know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Leave a comment what you think of this podcast. What do you think with no fans in the stands? What do you think with this upcoming season? Are you into it? Are you not? Do you think the World Series should count whoever wins? If the Phillies win it, of course, Philadelphia is having a parade, so it's going to freaking count. <laughs> but, you know, let me know. If you want to join the podcast with me, feel free to reach out. I'm always down to talk with somebody about sports. Always passionate, you know, to talk about anything going on in the realm of sports. But uh, thank you all again, and shout out to the 215, and go Birds.